0: Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Karyohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock In the last edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. began talking about the concerning direction that our government is now taking regarding the nation of Israel and her land. While Israel is being supported now more than ever, a two-state solution is not something that the Bible supports. What does this mean for Bible prophecy? Pastor J.D. will talk about this today. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 28th, 2018.
1: Lest you think that it sounds like peace is off the table, consider the Jerusalem Post who also reported on this adding that Trump did not hide his anger toward the Palestinians for snubbing Vice President Mike Pence during his visit here this last week. Did you hear about this? He said that the U.S., listen to this, will withhold aid funds to them until they return to negotiations. The Palestinians, he said, disrespected us by not allowing our great vice president to see them, and we give them hundreds of millions of dollars, by the way that's our tax dollars, thank you very much, in aid support. Listen, that money, Trump said, will not go to the Palestinians unless, and I'm quoting, they sit down and negotiate peace. You'll forgive the crass way in which I say this, but boy, isn't it true? money talks? When you threaten to take money off the table, you will bring everyone to the table for everything, every time. This is actually brilliant. And are we surprised He's the ultimate deal maker, right? The art of the deal this is he's negotiating. And he's uh, doing quite well, I might add. However, the end where this leads is not good. So, say what you will about Trump, but you have to respect him for calling out those who Disrespected the Vice President. Um, it's interesting, it's not just Muslims. In fact, in the Knesset speech that the Vice President gave, there was almost a riot. They had to escort uh, these MKs out of the uh, Knesset. It was I felt bad for the Vice President. Um, you know, when you're a public speaker or certainly a pastor, And teacher of God's word, you kind of take it personally when people stand up and you know start yelling at you and heckling you and walking out on you. I'm okay with falling asleep when I'm teaching because you know I get that sometimes I'm tired, but I can't fall asleep because I'm the one teaching. But uh, you know it kind of you know it kind of hurts uh, sometimes. So. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you want to leave now, this would be a good time so I don't. <laughs> it's not just Muslims, it's those who profess to be Christians in the Middle East that are very much against the vice president. YNET News posted an article about how Palestinian Christians are slamming Pence's pro Israel faith they say us vice president mike pence's brand of evangelical christianity with its fervent embrace of modern day israel as fulfillment of biblical prophecy lacks their faith's compassion and justice oh this is a good one isn't it i'm sorry i keep saying this this is too is another topic for another time because this is the insidiousness of replacement theology that has the audacity to blasphemously suggest that the church has replaced Israel as God's elect. Oh, no wonder uh, the church then has to go through the tribulation because the purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. And if you're going to replace Israel with the church, then you just put the church in the tribulation in so doing. Does that make sense? The vice president... Wynette goes on to say, by his own definition, a Christian, a conservative, a Republican in that order has cited his religious beliefs as the source of his unwavering support of Israel. He has been embraced by so-called Christian Zionists, who believe the establishment of the state of Israel is proof of God keeping his promises and a step toward the second coming of Christ. You just you kind of sense, maybe it's the way I read it, but there's, a, I don't like the tone of that. Pence, on Monday, said the recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital is the only true foundation for a just and lasting peace. Let me just go on record and say that there will never be peace in the Middle East until the Prince of Peace, Jesus the Christ, rules and reigns in the kingdom age and in eternity future in the new heavens and the new earth. You know when the psalmist says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem? (laughs) That's the new Jerusalem. Pray for the prince of peace when true peace is finally here. He also said that he supports, and here it is, a two-state solution. I love Vice President Pence. I don't like that. And I just again told you why i don 't like that once a pillar of u s Mid-East policy, the two state solution saying President Donald Trump is in favor i don 't like that either I, I like Trump. I voted for trump <laughs> don 't say that here in actually don 't <laughs> My... i got to share this I have to now because I just said I have to share this so my sister was here for Christmas, hadn't seen her in four years. My only sibling, younger by about a year and a half. She works at uh, Paramount Movie Studios in Human Resources in Hollywood. Pray for her. <laughs> so get this. I mean, I was, even I was taken back by this. She shares with me how that, she, you know, uh, she's a believer. She voted for Trump, but she could not tell anybody at Paramount that she voted for Trump. She said all the actors, all the executives, everybody at Paramount, they were literally crying. And they actually shut down Paramount movie studios for like a day and a half, and they were in rooms comforting each other after Trump. And here she is, she's going, "Ah, ah, you know, oh. oh." (laughs) I (laughs) kind of want to keep my job. I digress. Let's get back to our prophecy update already in progress. So basically Trump is in favor of the two-state solution if both sides agree. Okay. I suppose it should come as no surprise that Israel is elated with the Trump administration and their support of Israel. On Wednesday, Jews News published an article in which they quote Israel's science and technology minister as saying that the presidency of Donald Trump is a miracle for Israel. Now, I mean, I can can see that. Uh, I do believe that Trump's election was in some regards, and maybe the jury is still out for some, but I think it was a uh, miracle. It was something in the supernatural that came uh, to the surprise of many, <laughs> thankfully, by the way. He also spoke about the speech U.S. Vice President Mike Pence delivered in the Knesset Monday, the raising of the idea, and here it is again, of the two-state solution during the speech and compared the Trump administration's treatment of Israel to the previous Obama administrations. That's fun. He stated that the vice president's speech is the greatest Zionist speech ever delivered by a guest in the Knesset. Seems that not only was the Trump presidency a miracle for Israel, but it's also the start of the end of the world for evangelicals, (laughs) at least according to Newsweek, it is anyway. Someone emailed me this article last week, and I want to share some uh, interesting quotes uh, from it quickly. Evangelical Christians overwhelmingly support President Donald Trump because they believe he'll cause the world to end. How's everybody doing with that? Are you okay with that? I mean, I don't know that that's why. I mean, I, kn- I knew he would speed up Bible prophecy. Um, Actually, it could be argued that if Hillary Clinton would have won. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Neil J. Young, a religion historian, told Newsweek, Christians believe that events in Israel are fundamental to bringing about the end times. At this point, Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel is the only concrete thing that his evangelical supporters can point to as part of fulfilling biblical prophecy to bring about the second coming of Christ. I might beg to differ that that's the only thing that we can point to. I mean, there are many things that we can point to. But the article, this is Newsweek, by the way, and I want you to keep in mind, this is someone that they're quoting in Newsweek. You know, that bastion of Christian conservative publication, as I read what I'm about to read. Meanwhile, The evangelical belief in the end times also includes the eventual conversion to Christianity of the Jewish people. That's true. The scenario begins, listen, when Christ comes to earth to take the living Christians who believe in him to heaven and resurrect the dead, who were true Christians, an event called the rapture. Afterward, he believes in a pre-tribulation rapture. And they're quoting him in Newsweek. Oh, how I wish that I was quoting, but I'm not. I think uh, pastors and churches need to. Anyway. Afterward, after the rapture, it is believed that the Antichrist will reign on earth during the seven-year period of tribulation. In this period, many Jews, well, it's actually at the uh, halfway point, three and a half years, will recognize the Antichrist is a false god and will turn to Jesus. At the end of the seven years, Christ will return to earth with an army of angels and defeat the Antichrist, Young told Newsweek. Wow. That is exactly right. That is exactly what's going to happen. Isn't that interesting? Well, I would suggest that this perception of Trump bringing about the end of the world, speeding up the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, being a miracle for Israel, might, in some measure, explain this very encouraging report that I want to leave you with that was published in the Christian Journal. It's about a recent study that found progressive and liberal U.S. churches are shrinking, no surprise, while fundamental and non-denominational American Christians are growing. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I knew, I knew this. I knew it because you keep hearing the church is declining. Oh, well, I don't know about that because some churches might be declining. But what I see God doing with this church that I'm privileged to pastor is I see the exact opposite. Tens of thousands of people all over the world are watching these prophecy updates, some of whom will comment or email us and share with us how they came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And many of them are growing because many of them are asking questions. And we have that answer to give of that hope that lies within us to everyone. Let me just share a a couple of excerpts from this article. Listen to this. I love this, man. I'm going to cry. (laughs) Christians are tired of hearing watered-down teachings. Instead, according to a recently published study, people of America are turning to churches that stand on the Word of God. Praise God! Praise God! I knew it! I knew it! I, I've been so depressed lately. Can we talk? <laughs> I mean, you hear all these statistics, you just go, God, please. in America. I knew it. They're bailing on these churches that have homosexual pastors, lesbian women as pastors. God loves them, but it's not biblical. I'm sorry I'm yelling. I'm excited. I'm very encouraged. It would appear as though mainstream churches are losing more members than ever before, which explains the original interpretation, these are of of the studies, that Christianity is on the decline. However, the study displays that just because people are leaving a church, it doesn't mean that they are leaving the faith. In fact, I would argue... That they're leaving the church and coming to faith because of it. Dare I say? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Thank you God. Thank you God. Okay. I want to offer, as I mentioned, an explanation by way of an illustration of what it means to put your faith in Jesus Christ and be in the faith, if you will. And I'm going to use the chair that you're sitting on right now, okay? This is what it means to put our faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, saving us from an eternity in hell, did you just say what I think you said? Eternity in hell? Is hell for eternity? It has to be. If hell isn't eternal, then neither is heaven. That's what the Bible preaches, teaches. That's what the Bible says. So here's the illustration. Just as you put your faith in that chair to keep you from falling down to the ground, so too do you put your faith in Christ to save you to go up to heaven. You put faith in that chair, didn't you? I mean, you probably didn't even give it a second thought when you sat down. The only thing you thought about was, I'm glad nobody took my seat. And, you know, and then you repented after that. But you never gave it a a second thought that that chair wasn't going to hold you up. You had faith in that chair to hold you up. And so too do you put your faith in Jesus Christ to take you up when the time comes. That is the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. If you'll give me just two more minutes, I want to end as we've been ending at the end of the prophecy updates with what's known as the ABCs of salvation. It is childlike simple, not childish, childlike. It is ABC simple. The A is for admit. You're a sinner or acknowledge your sin and your need for the savior. By the way, this is what repentance is. Repentance is a change of mind and about face, a 180. You change your mind about your sinful state in the eyes of a righteous and holy God. That's repentance. You change you acknowledge your sin, you admit that you're a sinner. Romans 3.10 says that um, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23, I was getting ahead of myself, says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but this is the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord that God raised him from the dead. This is what Romans 10:9 and 10 says. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be Saved. So you've acknowledged your sin, your need for the Savior, you believe in your heart, and lastly, you confess with your mouth and you call upon the name of the Lord. And this is again Romans ten nine and 10, that also says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, this seals the deal. All, Romans 10, 13, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, acknowledging your sin, your need for the Savior, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, I implore you to do so today. Father in heaven, I, first of all, I thank you so much for the patience of your people. And Lord, secondly, I thank you for Bible prophecy. I thank you for telling us what's going to happen before it happens so when it begins to happen, we'll believe. And believers will look up and lift up their heads knowing that their redemption draws nigh. Certainly, Lord, we see everything taking place and beginning to come to pass in the world today exactly as you said it would, right before our very eyes. And the next event on your prophetic clock is the rapture of the church. Nothing has to happen before the rapture happens. And it will be as a thief in the night. At an hour, we expect not. None of us know the day or the hour. It could be today. And it may be, Lord, that you brought somebody to this amazing church today that is my privilege to pastor because today is the day of their salvation. It may be, Lord, that right now somebody somewhere in the world is watching this online. And you led them to this video providentially, not coincidentally, providentially, for such a time as this, that they might hear the truth, and you are the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus. And there's no way to the Father except through you. And I pray, Lord, that today those who have never called upon you will call upon you and be saved. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave his own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InspiritandTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InspiritandTruthRadio.com. In the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.